persistent and I want Get your official Adam Sank show merchandise at adamsank.com T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now, the one, the only, Adam Sank. Bottom. Yes, I am a bottom. I just tried I to am. hit. The, well, here we go. Let's try that again. Ass open to the wind, stick it in. Here I am. Here I am. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, and happy October. We are coming at you live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, October 3rd, we've made it to October. In the year 2020, here at dnrstudios.com. Did you know that that's the only place you can hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs? By the way, I just got my um, my monthly invoice from Derek and Romaine, my, my my monthly payment that I get based on the number of people who have subscribed through uh, us, and it's growing. It's grown. So uh, thank you. Thank you to all the new subscribers and keep subscribing. Um, Listen, if you don't listen through there, through that channel, leave us your ratings and reviews wherever you do listen. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. We are live, so you can call in and talk to us at 844-825-5367. Hey, a few weeks ago, Ryan, you weren't here, but we did this giveaway with the movie The King of Staten Island starring Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had five Blu-rays to give away, and only four people reached out. So we still have one more. And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have a Blu-ray player, it also comes with a regular DVD copy. So you don't need a Blu-ray machine. You can just have a regular DVD machine and uh, or even your computer. A lot of computers have DVD drives or external drives. So, yeah, if you want this, all you have to do is email a copy of a review that you left for the show. Or if you're a DNR Studio subscriber, you can um, just email me your monthly bill to uh, adam at adamsank.com because the movie company is like, hey, where's the fifth winner? And I'm all, we don't have one. So um, claim your DVD. I watched it. It's good. It's a fun movie. Uh, Like our Facebook page, download my comedy albums, and most importantly, get your official ass merch, T-shirts, tank tops, even a rape whistle. The link to all that is at adamsank.com. And no matter what else you do, please answer the census. Time is running out. And register to vote. Or if you have are already registered and you have early voting in your state, vote right now. Go to vote.org f- uh, for complete information on voting. Go to 2020census.gov to complete the census. Um, yeah, learn about the voting process in your state and vote like your life depends on it because it do. Our guest today is legendary uh, journalist and gossip columnist Michael Musto. He wrote a review of the brand new Boys in the Band movie on Netflix, and uh, we will be talking about it in depth. But first, it is my pleasure to welcome the the, the piggiest of pigs, uh, freshly done with his bagel. It is Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hi, Ryan. This is a, like kind of a big deal because I'm either... Very hungry this morning, or I was just very early. You inhaled that but bagel. But I never finish my bagel before the end of the show, or I even know. before the, the I finished beginning. it, too. We're not going to be chewing in front of the listeners. It's a whole new experience. That's probably for the best. And also, JB treated us to these bagels he today. did. The queen of fuckery. Thank I you, did. queen. I mean, you guys treat me all the time. I was like, let me spread the love back. Oh, Very sweet of you. Like, very sweet. There's so much love in this room. Um, okay, let's, uh, first of all, we have to just acknowledge that uh, Donald Trump is uh, hospitalized with COVID as of yesterday. Girl, this is... I don't want to talk too much about it because it's going to be old news by the time most right. people listen to this, and who knows what, what could what happen by the, the time could be. they oh, do. God. It's really um, wild. <sighs> I, I, I don't... 2020 I, really just <laughs> never lets up. No. And just when we thought, like, the New York Times, you know, tax... Mm. That story's forgotten. Completely. So is Melania. Do you know that Melania was caught on tape saying, like, oh, yeah. fuck this Christmas bullshit <laughs> oh, or yeah. whatever? And, like, that's not even a story. Oh, yeah. No. It, this is... Um, it's a lot. This is... Uh, insert uh, RuPaul. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Exactly. Good. Exactly. We need that on the uh, board. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's quickly talk about recommended viewing. I... Um, 
<clears throat> I'm very happy to recommend a mini-series on Hulu that has been out for a while. It was nominated for some Emmys. It's called Little Fires Everywhere, starring uh, Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington and actually produced by them. It is um, the story of two suburban mothers with very competing agendas. And uh, it's great just as entertainment. It's gripping. It's kind of a, a, a melodrama. There's a lot of crazy shit that goes on. But for me, it really affected me. It, it was probably, it probably illustrated to me the toxicity of white privilege more than anything else I've ever seen. Like it really mm. made me think about my whole life as wow. a white person, especially because it takes place in Shaker Heights, Ohio, which has some similarities to my hometown of Summit, New Jersey, in that, <clears throat> you know, it was a very comfy uh, sort of country club town. Um, we did have people of color. There, were, there have always been people of color in Summit. And I think growing up and, and still, we think of ourselves as this very liberal, progressive town that's like so welcoming to people of color. And yet we're only welcoming to a point there there right. is we're not welcoming enough that we have to compromise our privilege in any way and that's what this for me really illustrated so we've never done this before but i wanted to pull a clip this is my favorite moment of the entire miniseries hit it jb have in common with your friend you're both terrible mothers i mean honestly it's a miracle that pearl is as lovely and wonderful as she is it's not a miracle she is mine, and I am a good mother. Oh, really? Because in my book, a good mother puts her daughter's needs before her own. A good mother makes good choices. And she doesn't drag a child from town to town, school to school. She doesn't smoke marijuana. Just leave her daughter to fend for herself. And she really doesn't leave a baby alone in the cold in front of a fire station. You didn't make good choices. You had good choices options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Again, that's the difference between you and me. I would never make this about race. Elena, you made this about race when you stood out there in the street and begged me to be your maid. It's so wow. good. It's really wow. good. And they both give phenomenal performances. So Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. Highly recommend Definitely it. Ryan Gutt. Check that out. Um, my recommendation is uh, a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, which um, I had been hearing about and um, I had already made a plan to take a social media break. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm currently not on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, but the night before... Aren't you? Sorry? Aren't you? I feel like I've seen you on Facebook recently. No, I mean, like I deleted it. I deleted the app uh, September thirtieth, hmm. so I haven't been on since. Hmm. Um, but I that night I watched uh, this film, and I recommend it because of the information that you that that they are sharing. Um, it's it's really scary about how, like it's scary how the information that we put on social media is being used like against us and mm -hmm. like and um these are all things that we kind of knew but they really like break it down and and you hear from all of these exec former executives from like um instagram and facebook and pinterest and you know twitter and google um but i will say that the film itself they they do a lot of reenactments where they show this like very suburban family and they're all you know they have issues and the kids are all on their phones and and then it, it's just a little cheesy. I will say that that was my only critique, but I do recommend it because it's important to know what is actually going on when you log on to Facebook and, and post something and why certain advertisements are coming up and what happens when you, um, when you are constantly, you know, that thing where you like pull down and, and are looking for new content, like on Instagram, right. every time you do that, that signals to these tech companies that you want more information and it's just they make more money and you right. you're just constantly being monitored and manipulated <clears throat> yeah and i think uh, the last thing i want to say is that i really feel like we need to as a society move away from social media altogether i don't know how that's going to happen because it's become such an integral part right of like, it's like saying let's move away from television yeah it's I, so I don't, a part of our lives i don't know how you do that um like if you're if you're a business owner uh in in 
2020, you have to have social media pages. Right. So like for me, uh, it's, it's easier for me to, to pull away from it than it is for some people. Um, but it's also not because I've been on Facebook since I was 13. So looking for sex. Well, at my space. So yeah, I would recommend The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I will definitely watch it. I'm kind of afraid to watch it because yeah. I don't want to know, but I'm going to. Oh, yeah. JB, any recommendations? Um, I so I've recently been watching, rewatching the show Girlfriends. I've mm. enjoyed it. It's on Netflix. Mm. Yes. Yeah. If you ever want to sit back and rewatch the '90s, mm. Girlfriends is the way to go. Like. It's, I think I missed Girlfriends the first time around. You should watch. It's really, is, it's real good. Is Tracy Ellis Ross on that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she, again, she's, she was making, that's the first time I was introduced to her. Yeah. Was the Girlfriends. And then I've also watched um, Michelle's Buteau New, new Stand-Up. Oh, yeah. I was recently Utopia. watching Michelle Buteau, too, who's been on the I haven't seen show it twice. Our friend Tom Sagamabeni is a huge fan of Michelle, yeah. so... When I went up to visit him and Jeffrey recently, that's all we did was watch Michelle Buteau. And then we sent her a video of us watching her. Did you watch the new, wait, is the new special out yet? Yeah. I is. actually haven't seen that. We were watching old stuff. Yeah, I'm excited oh, to watch the new thing. Good recommendations. <laughs> and SNL Thank comes you back to tonight. Both. Yes. Come on, SNL. Exciting. Um, okay, we're going to go through this quickly. We got a lot of stories, but none of them okay. are really that complex in this hour. So, Great. first of all, have either of you ever heard of a gay hookup app called Hornet? Yes, unfortunately, I have uh, uh, had sexual interactions with a writer. Oh. Oh. Through Hornet? No, no, he's just a, he was he, just a writer for Hornet. Well, that's the only reason I know them, is they reached out to me once asking if I would write catchy slogans mm-hmm. for some little party they were throwing, mm-hmm. like a promotional party. They wanted funny things on napkins, and I, I think... You know, I wrote like 20 things and they paid me like 50 bucks. That's full disclosure. That's my relationship with Hornet. Oh my but God. the bottom line is nobody uses Hornet no. in this country. Everyone uses Grinder or Scruff. Uh, Hornet had a poll that they put out to their users where they asked them whether people supported Biden or Trump for the election, for the presidency. And th- they, <laughs> the results were insane. Uh, 51% said they would be voting for Joe Biden. 45% said they would be voting for Donald Trump. Now, <sighs> this is obviously not a scientific poll. Right. You know, A, nobody uses Hornet, but B, that's not how polls work. Polls, uh, y- polls are done by polling firms that are scientific and they have a, uh, a representative sample. They know exactly what kinds of people they're calling and the age groups and the income groups and they, they control for all these variables. And it's not a, a, you know, they call you. You don't just get to answer their poll because they post it online. Um, Also, of the 10,000 men that were surveyed, it turns out that only 12% of them are U.S. citizens. Oh, my God. So it was probably just a bunch of Russian bots answering this. However, it got widely circulated. And one of the reasons it got widely circulated was because Newsweek, very, you know, prestigious, historic news outlet, they posted it. They, they spread it. And they said, Hornets male users may not reflect the larger LGBTQ community, which largely votes Democratic, um, blah, blah, blah. But, but they still spread it around uh, on their channels. And, of course, it got widely disseminated. Tucker Carlson talked about it on his hate fest on Fox News. Uh, the Trump family was the Trump family was bragging about it. Look how much support we have for LGBTQ. And a lot of my friends on Facebook We're sharing it and going, I can't believe this. What's happened to us? So here's what I just want to say to everyone. Stop sharing this. (laughs) It's bullshit. Yeah. It's, you might as well say 45% of gay men prefer vagina over dick. Right. That's how accurate this is. And this is kind of part of, you know, going back to like the social dilemma. Every time it gets shared, it has, it gets more traction. Absolutely. And then it's misinformation and it, and it's being spread and it's like, just Don't stop it. trust polls done by obscure hookup sites. <laughs> and now if Scruff does it. If Scruff does it, it's for real. No, but seriously, yeah. even if Scruff did it, yeah. Grindr did it, like, that's not a real poll. Right. That's like an Insta poll. Like yeah. when someone on Twitter says, do you like, you know, peanut butter or jelly? And then like, you know, it's 50-50. And th- no, that's not how science works. Right. Anyway. Um, Hornet itself updated uh, its site and said, 
As the survey results have now been widely reported on, it's important to note that what can and should be extrapolated from the data, Hornet's survey was voluntary. It was an opt-in survey of 10,000 Hornet users. They received a one-minute survey in their inbox. It's important to acknowledge the obvious inherent biases that come with any opt-in survey. And for that reason, one must be careful in unfairly extrapolating from the data itself. So it's nice that they did that, but the damage has been done. Yes. Meanwhile, that story. Catherine McPhee. Oh. Catherine McPhee. Suddenly I've become Chris Rock. Oh my God. Catherine McPhee. Catherine McPhee, for those of you who don't remember, was an American Idol runner up mm-hmm. who has since done a number of cool projects. She was on Smash. She was on Smash which was the ill-fated but kind of fun... Had a cult following. ...musical TV show about the making of a Marilyn Monroe musical. She was one of the Marilyns. She was on Broadway mm-hmm. in Waitress. I yep. think she's got other Broadway credits. Probably, but that's the only one that comes to mind. She was also on another TV show called Scorpion. No. Which ran she ran like four seasons. She went to school for musical theater. She's like a theater, like, a, yeah. you know, yeah. And she has always uh, portrayed herself as a huge ally of the LGBTQ community. She calls gay guys her boys. In 2018, she went so far as to publish a love letter to her queer fans in Billboard, in which she wrote, I'd like to express my unwavering support to the LGBTQ community and appreciation for how much love you've shown me throughout the years. She's participated in a in number of charity events that benefit LGBTQ people, including Gay Men's Health Crisis, AMFAR, and the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. However, Federal Election Commission public records appear to show that Catherine McPhee has been giving thousands and thousands of dollars to Republican causes, including Donald Trump's reelection campaign, for well over a decade. Well, to Republican causes for over a decade and to Trump for probably, what, the past five years? Uh, Yes. She recently donated $1,000 to the National Republican Senatorial Committee. This is a committee that helps make sure that the Republicans hang on to their majority in the Senate. She's giving money to Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Whoa. And these people, and, and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. These are, these are the beneficiaries of Catherine McPhee's money. And she also, you know, not only has she been a, an advocate for gay causes, but after the murder of George Floyd, she spoke out against racism and in support of Black Lives Matter. She doesn't seem to understand that the causes she purports to support uh, completely fly in the face of Republicanism and especially Trumpism. Right. That she's basically giving money to our enemies. Right. To the enemies of queer people, to the enemies of people of color, to the enemies of any sort of justice uh, system. And she, this came out a couple of weeks ago. She was originally outed by Jezebel as a Republican donor. Then there were numerous other reports. She has not said a word about this on social media. She has wow. not posted to social media in over three weeks, I and many other people on Twitter were like, hey, Catherine, yeah. you want to explain good. what the fuck is going on here? No, no response, no statement. She seems to just be hoping that it goes away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and then I had people on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page going, so just because she donates to Republicans or just because she's a Republican, that means she's a bad person? Yeah. It does in 2020. It does because it's not like she's just a random. um, I mean, it's it's not even just because she's a celebrity. It's because she has benefited from queer people and our fandom. Yeah, I support. It's just it's just like when you when you work on Broadway, you know, you're you're surrounded by the community by the LGBTQ plus community. So to publicly um, express support for these people and, and publish these letters and then behind the scenes live this funneling money to our enemies. It's just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I, I I am, I am really disappointed. This is really disappointing. It's upsetting. And a lot of people were like, who's that? Fuck you. She's, she's actually kind of important. Like I do like her. Yeah. I mean, as a talent, I'm not like a Catherine McPhee stan. So, I mean, this isn't like, I was a little bit of a stan. 
I mean, she's very talented. It's also the first time I've used the word Stan. Oh my god! I wish I could. <laughs> Great. Um, but, but I, I'm canceling her now. I mean, I certainly would love for her to at least say, "I'm sorry." Right. I was mistaken. I shouldn't have done that. I'm donating an equal amount now to the to the uh, Democratic National Committee or to Joe Biden. There's just no, you know, there was once upon a time in this country where you could be a decent person and still be a Republican. But not in that that time has passed. passed. They are the party of Donald Trump. Yeah, they they all of those senators have done everything they could to enable him and keep him in power. They Protect had an him. opportunity to yeah. impeach him and they didn't do it except for Mitt Romney. He's the only Republican I could see giving money to and I wouldn't be giving him any money either. Mm -mm. So fuck you, Catherine McPhee. Yeah. You are done. Meanwhile, canceled. in canceled. you're canceled. Meanwhile, in Illinois, uh, a an Illinois House representative was caught on tape making racist, homophobic remarks about her opponent, who is a uh, black gay man, Amy Grant, not to be confused with the uh, Christian singer Amy Grant. Amy Grant is a Republican member of the Illinois House of Representatives. She's currently up for reelection. Uh, she's running against Ken Mejia Beal, who, uh, as I said, is openly gay and black and proud of it. And she, Amy Grant, was on the phone with one of her donors, who I guess wasn't really supporting her because he recorded the, their conversation and then released it to the media. Take a listen. Well, I think he's afraid to come into the district, actually, into the heart of the district, anyhow. Why, why do you think so? Why? Why? Why is he afraid? Um, I'm just I think that maybe he is afraid of the reaction that people might give him. Not because he's black, but because of the way he talks. Mm -hmm. He's all LGBTQ. He he uh, he wants to work for the chronically ill. He he just gives up like crazy. And every week, it's a different reason why he wants to get into the race. Oh, hello. Well, I think he's. What is LGBTQ? LGBT, that's I was. Like, I'm into well, LGBT and SNM. I'm part of the LGBT. Uh, our XY community. The part that wasn't on there was uh, earlier in the conversation. She said he's one of those Cook County people, and Cook County in is in Chicago. It, yeah, and yeah. That, that's a heavily African American county. Yeah. So as soon as this was released, she said, "I deeply regret the comments I made about Ken Mejia Beale and reached out to apologize to him this morning. These comments do not reflect my heart or my faith." What did she say about the chronically ill? Yeah, he. <laughs> She was saying, like, he keeps changing the reason why he wants to run. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons is he wants to support the chronically ill, as if that's, like, that's a negative thing. Oh, my God. How dare you? Anyway, Mejia Beal was not having it. He said, Representative Grant makes it clear that she sees only the color of my skin and my sexual orientation. And in her mind, that disqualifies me as a leader and even disqualifies me as a member of our community. Um, this is very much a 50-50 district that they're in. I think it's the 42nd district of Illinois. Uh, she won by only a few thousand votes last time. There have been calls now for her to drop out of the race, including from fellow Republicans. Wow. Because you know Illinois. Yeah. Not a cool place to be racist or no, homophobic. No, 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 no. So, but she's staying in for now. And all I can tell you is uh, if you live in that district, make sure you get out and vote for Ken Mejia Beal for state rep and uh, donate to his campaign. Yes, please. How come every time some white woman gets caught saying something racist she's like this does not reflect, reflect my faith and who i am why are you bringing jesus into this jesus got nothing to do right. with you <laughs> and your terrible exactly behavior. yeah it's all you're right it's always like it doesn't reflect my faith in god because it's their way of rem what that is jb that's like a not so subtle name drop to jesus that's like oh saying god. like like remember i'm the i'm the good one yeah, I'm the yeah jesus yeah. one yeah not like this faggot listeners <laughs> you can't see this but i rolled my eyes at adam it wasn't too adam but it was we need an eye rolling uh, sound effect <laughs> Uh, anyway, speaking of apologies, uh, Ellen, hit it, Ryan. <laughs> you're a mean one, Ellen G. You're a some privilege, privilege, something. Bitch. Oh, <laughs> you still haven't learned it. No. You've got splinters in your pussy, and your heart is made of poo, Ellen G. Can we just record? I don't know it. We haven't recorded it. Okay. We really should. We're gonna record it. Um, although she by the time we record it, it'll be like she'll be. 
She'll have COVID. Oh my God. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. I don't wish that on, on anyone except uh, certain people. Okay. So Ellen, Ellen uh, began the 18th season of her daytime talk show with a lengthy apology that um, had jokes in it, which may have not been the best idea. She started out by saying, if you're watching because you love me, thank, thank you. And if you're watching because you don't love me, welcome. Oh, no. That was like no. her intro joke. Um, oh, then she got into the uh, accusations that uh, she, well, I'll let you uh, hear it. Here's, here's her quote unquote apology. Heard this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously and I wanna say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power, and I realize that with that comes responsibility, and I take responsibility for what happens at my show. This is the Ellen DeGeneres Show. I am Ellen DeGeneres. My name is there. My name is there. My name is on underwear. <laughs> we have had a lot of conversations over the last few weeks about the show, our workplace, and what we want for the future. We have made the necessary changes, and today we are starting a new chapter. By the way, if you're wondering, the audience were all on, each audience member was on a video yeah, monitor. That's what she had like doing an audience a of, full of video monitors. Yeah. So they were reacting in real time, but they were not physically there. Um, she also went on to say, the truth is, I am the person that you see on TV. I am also a lot of other things. Sometimes I get sad, I get mad, I get anxious, I get frustrated, I get impatient. And I am working on all that. I'm a work in progress. So this... Listen, this probably went over great with her core audience. Yeah. Her core audience is her core audience is like white women in middle America. Yeah. They love her and they're not going to stop loving her. But um people who are actually involved with the show were not happy about the apology. One of them said, "Not only did Ellen turn my trauma, turn our traumas into a joke, she somehow managed to make this about her." That's according to one former employee. Another one adds, when she said, oh, my summer was great. That was supposed to be funny. I thought, it's funny that you had a rough summer because everyone was calling you, calling you out all of the, because everyone was calling out all of the allegations of your toxic work environment and now you're the one suffering? Uh, and on and on and on. And a lot of people on Twitter had similar reactions. So I think, I understand why she made jokes. She's a comedian. Right. It's supposed to be a lighthearted show, but maybe don't make any jokes for that yeah, part. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It, it was, I think it was, um, it's a no for me. <laughs> it's a no for me, love. At the end of the episode, she did not close with her signature be kind message. Instead, she said, go fuck yourselves. No, ah! She said, um... She said, <laughs> feel, fell out, you know, Oh my God. Like, fell out so she hard. said, feel this love and I'm giving it back to you and spread that in the world. Spread that and uh, wait, spread that, not other things. Just the good stuff is what we should spread. All right. Bye, everybody. Spread your ass. Spread, <laughs> spread those. Spread cheeks. your ass is right. Um, ass open to the wind. <laughs> stick it in. Here, Here I, I am. am. Well, Ellen, thanks for nothing. Oh my God, I was going to say that. I was like, I feel like this apology was nothing. I, I, I agree with the statement that it, it went back to her. Yeah, I, she made it too much about her. Yeah, it, like if you're apologizing for, for work, apologize to the people. Don't apologize for yourself. Because Correct. also, last time we were all together, we talked about the, the <clears throat> timing of this apology being on her on the premiere of right. her, you know. very conveniently and uh, so, set up for ratings. So that already had me kind of like, oh, but again, yes, she's a comedian. So she's, she's trying to come at it from like a humorous place, but there is nothing funny about this and it just completely backfired. And so the choice to do it, um, to wait until her, the premiere of her uh, show and then having this kind of cringy, like selfish, whatever response, it just it doesn't add up to too much for me. But at the end of the day, like I said, her core fans are going to stick with her. The show's a huge success, and I think this is one of those controversies that was very much 
um, playing out on social media right. and not really in America at large. Like the things that we see on social media, we think like everyone's talking about this. They're really not. We live in kind of a, a liberal bubble right. where these things get get discussed ad nauseum. Yeah. And the rest of the world, they're like, you know, going to the shooting range and, you know, fucking their sister and, you know, <laughs> not to be stereotypical, okay. but, but that's what happens. That's what happens everywhere else. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that Ellen, Ellen, this won't erase, of course, what she has done in the past mm-hmm. for, you know, the community. But it also doesn't mean that we need to continue uh, supporting her um, as a... As well, I don't watch the show anyway. I don't That's either. the first episode I've seen in years. I mean, I used to watch it, but I, I, don't, I don't actively support her. I don't her, watch so- any talk shows. Really? Okay, we have five minutes to do three stories. All right. So we're going to bang through them. First one is, I don't know, you guys, we've all had bad grinder hookups. Yes. But this may be the worst I've ever heard of. Oh, dear. Uh, a man wearing a bra and panties murdered his grinder date with a machete. What? Oh, my God. This happened here in New York, up in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. Last Sunday, a dispute over sex acts... Sex acts drove a man wearing a bra and panties to fatally slash the man he had met on a dating app. Uh, police were called to the apartment after the alleged killer Juan Alonso's roommate came home to find him holding the machete while standing over the dead man who was completely naked. God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we don't go to the Bronx. The Bronx is dirty, it's disgusting. <laughs> I I think it's more of a cautionary tale about hookup apps. Um, I'm not sure what the bra and panties were about, but um, kink. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan. But this guy, Juan Alonso, he he was known as he is known as Manny. He's 50 years old. He's been charged with murder, manslaughter and criminal possession of a weapon. Uh, A longtime friend of his, Kathy Lopez, said the murder was totally out of character for Alonso, who cooked Mexican food in his apartment and sold it on the street. She said he must have been pushed to the edge. Manny is not a violent guy. Uh, the New York tabloids had a field day with the fact that he was in bra and panties. Yeah, and of course. Also, like, who has a machete? Yeah, right? Oh. Um, actually, a lot of you guys don't know this, but many <laughs> I, people have machetes, especially in the hood. Like, we have actually, weapons. For self-defense? Sure. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, sure. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. I don't have a machete. Uh, meanwhile, in Louisiana, a man chose the cheekiest of places when he needed to find a quick hiding spot for his gun. Can you guess where it went? Um, in his bussy. Not, I don't think it was inside the bussy, but Justin Savoy, 24, pleaded guilty to weapons charges after police in the town of Golden Meadow discovered he had stashed a loaded 25 caliber Titan pistol in his buttocks. So between the cheeks? I think it's in the cheeks, right? Because they didn't say in his anus. They, he must have, first of all, he must have a big bubble butt. Yeah. And to be able to hold the gun there without it falling out is pretty talented. The pistol was more than four inches long with a two and a half inch barrel, which, you know, we could all take that in our asses easily. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah, yeah. But to hold it in your buttocks? Now, uh, I have not done this before, but, and it's a big butt. <laughs> I have put a bag of weed between my cheeks before. <laughs> oh, to get through uh, yeah. customs or yeah. something? Yeah. Good for you, Ryan. Yeah. And then you put that and you smoked it. Oh, yeah. Mm, I, I made it. It smelled delicious. Yeah, I had to sniff it first just to see what was going on down there. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Jonathan Bennett, who, if you know him at all, you know him as Aaron in Mean Girls. Oh, he was I love the, him. The guy that uh, Lindsay Lohan was in love with. Yeah. He's going to star in Hallmark, Hallmark's first ever gay Christmas movie. Yes. He is openly gay himself and reportedly very well hung. Yes. I I have not seen it. I've heard that from multiple people. He's going to star uh, in a romantic uh, Christmas comedy on Hallmark. And, uh, of course, uh, this is incurring the wrath of One Million Moms and all these other conservative assholes. Um, They tried to uh, pressure Hallmark to refrain from any LGBTQ storylines. But uh, Hallmark is like, go fuck yourselves. We're doing it. Uh, The Christmas House, it's called, and it will air on Hallmark November 22nd uh, on the Hallmark Channel. So I say we all have a a little viewing party and watch well-hung Jonathan Bennett find love in the Christmas House. And thank you, Hallmark, for standing up to conservative assholes. 
All right, JB, I'm feeling sexy right now. Why don't you put on some sexy music? Ryan, you know that thing when your dick looks like a peanut and you oh. want it to look like an eggplant? Yeah. It happens to me a lot. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Hey, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Right now, when you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment free when you use special promo code that's capital A, capital S, capital S. Just pay $5 shipping. Hey, you can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Although if you're going to get fucked, maybe not to be uh, best yeah. to be on a full stomach. Uh, since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew's made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. <laughs> package. <laughs> There's no awkwardness. You don't need to leave the house. Ryan, if you could benefit from more performance where it counts, and I know you could, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we have a special deal for our ass listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free when you use special promo code ASS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ASS. Try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the ass. Thank you, Blue Chew. Uh... JB, what, uh, what sound does my dick make when I take Blue Chew? <laughs> is it ready? Hold on, I lowered the damn thing. Hold on, I've got the thing moved. Damn it, I'm so bad. All right, maybe next time. We should probably get to our guest. Uh, our guest today is a celebrity journalist and one of the few legendary American gossip columnists who's still alive. He's joining us all the way from New York City, so please give a warm-ass welcome to the one and only Michael Musto. Hey, Michael, the studio audience is going crazy. Is that because everybody else died? Oh. Um, the, I mean, I think it's just you and Cindy Adams left at this point. Okay, well, we both wear fabulous outfits, and uh, we're both over 90. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's one little difference. She's Trump's best friend, and I'm his worst nightmare. Uh, yeah, Isn't yeah, that yeah. disgusting that she supports Trump? Oh, uh, well, she used to support Imelda Marcos. What do you expect? Well, both she and Trump will be dead soon. Hey, Michael, who's the greatest gossip columnist of all time, in your opinion? Oh, well, I would say between, like, uh, Walter Winchell and uh, Hedda Hopper, but they both really had their serious problems. Yeah. They were kind of waving the flag in a perverted way, the way so many of these magas do. Um, I would say whoever does page six, page six has always been my gossip Bible. Richard Johnson was the editor of page six for many years, and I would give it to Richard. But gossip isn't what it used to be. It's, I think it was killed by, by social media. Yeah, it's kind of everywhere and it's nowhere. And uh, celebrities serve their own gossip on Twitter, especially when they're drunk. Uh, and a lot of gossip has a political edge. Everything leads back to Trump. He is gossip. He's not a credible leader. He's a reality star. So the, the networks that used to cover gossip now just cover Trump. That gets ratings. And even when celebrities gossip, it's usually about how they hate Trump. Yeah, uh, and there's true. also the very dark, you know, the Me Too era, which is very important for people to step forward and hold people accountable. But that's not like the fun gossip of right. days gone by. Right. Like and it's also brought on a whole new culture where if a celebrity dressed like a Native American for Halloween when they were nine, you know, we can't buy their records anymore. That's so true. There, there is such a political edge to everything now, uh, including science. So, Michael, you're here actually to talk about the Netflix remake of The Boys in the Band, which, uh, for which you wrote a review in the Chelsea Community News. Um, before we get into your review, uh, when was the first time you saw any production of this work? Was it the 1970 movie? I didn't see the movie when it came out, and I didn't see the play either that had preceded it. I really saw the movie many years later, and I wish I had seen it growing up because uh, it, it would have really changed my mind and shown a community of gay people that I didn't know existed. Even though it turns ugly, it can be kind of harsh, it still shows bantering, witty people having a good time together for the most part. But it, that movie didn't come to Bensonhurst, Brooklyn for some reason. Right, right. Uh, ever since I saw it, I've been obsessed with it, and I have you know, tracked down every production of it. And, of course, I saw the Broadway version in 2018, which this Netflix version is an adaptation of. It's the same actor, same director. Mm -hmm. 
I thought they did a nice job. Um, yeah, you seem to, to be uncharacteristically positive about it in your review. <laughs> well, I loved it on Broadway, and I liked the Netflix. Uh, it's a little weird to have Jim Parsons uh, torturing himself over turning 32. I thought that was bizarre. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, because he's... So Jim Parsons is really 47, and yeah. he could maybe pull off late 30s, but... Didn't you think the actor playing, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Emery? No, 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 no. Um, Brian Hutchison, who played Alan. Don't you think he looked so old? Like, he looked like he could be Jim Parsons' uncle. And they're supposed to have gone to college together. I thought that was a weird casting. I thought that worked because the character of Alan is like a self-loathing closet case who's married to his wife. He's fighting with the wife and ends up at a gay party, and all of his past is revealed. Uh, and for that reason, I think it's all worn him down. He also looks very much like Tuck Watkins, uh, who plays a guy who was married and left the wife for Andrew Reynolds, who wants to just run around. Uh, there are so many parallels in the movie. I thought they made it sort of period nonspecific. They, you do see like rotary phones and you hear Heat Wave by Martha and the Vandellas like in the original movie. But I thought they, they tried to make it seem as if this could be happening at any time. The thing of Jim Parsons being 47, didn't, it didn't cause a problem on stage, but it's a slight problem in the, in the movie. Right. I mean, the bottom line is all these guys are supposed to be in their late 20s, early 30s. And uh, almost all of them were a good deal older than that. It didn't really bother me except for um, Brian Hutchison. I just felt like he looked like he was in his 50s. And I didn't buy that he and Jim Parsons had gone to college together. But uh, let me ask you this, because I watched it and I liked it. But I wasn't sure if there was any reason they, they should have done this. It, it doesn't, to me, it didn't really expand on the original, nor did it, you know, improve on it. It was kind of like seeing a, a fresh group of actors do the exact same movie? Well, the difference is these are all sort of openly gay, very well-known actors. At the time, except for a few of the actors like uh, Cliff Gorman and Lawrence Luckenbell, they were living those roles. They were pretty much closeted gay actors who couldn't be out. Uh, right. Now we have these cushy, rich, you know, guys who have the, the, the privilege of being able to be out, and it's wonderful that they're all out. So that brings a different spin, but it doesn't necessarily make it better. Uh, to me, the original actors, like I say, they were living the parts. They lived and breathed those roles. And to me, that made it a little more poignant. Yeah, and it just, I, I sort of bought the dialogue more in, in, from those actors than I do from, from this one. The, some of the dialogue is a, is a little bit uh, um, tinny for, to my ears, and it didn't, it didn't necessarily sound right coming out of the mouths of Jim Parsons and Matt Bomer, who, by the way, Matt Bomer, to buy Matt Bomer as, as this uh, hideously neurotic mess who can never find happiness when he's the most beautiful <laughs> man on earth, it's a little bit hard to swallow. Mm, not really, if you've ever met a cute guy. Uh, I mean, I never have. But uh, he's still hoping. One step away from the loony bin. <laughs> but, but also Matt Bomer's character, Donald, is a lovely, supportive friend to Jim Parsons' character, Michael. So he can be grounding for other people, at least. One thing I, I, I didn't catch the first time I saw I mean, I've seen the original many times, and I've never noticed this before. I don't know if they added it. But does Harold have some weird antipathy toward Donald? And if so, Why? Well, I think they love each other, and in fact, uh, oh, towards Donald. Yeah, remember when, uh, he's, yeah. when he looks at him and says, oh, I see he's here. You have your crutch again, as always. What was that about? Yeah, yeah. Well, Harold is kind of a walking grudge. He just kind of bristles. Zach Quinto, I thought, did okay with the entrance because he did it exactly like Leonard Frey. Right. But then he, he kind of faded into the woodwork after that, became too benign. But yeah, Harold is kind of a harsh soothsayer. But he also hates himself. He's poked his face full of pockmarks. Yeah, but Donald's you know, the only one. Talks about how, he talks about how ugly he is. But he's, he's rather kind to everyone there except for uh, uh, Parsons' character and... Uh, Matt Bomer's character. Everyone else he's pretty nice to. Yeah, and even he and Harrison's character, Michael, have some kind of bond because uh, Michael writes a, a note, like a birthday card to Harold, and it's obviously something sweet, but the, when it's never revealed. And I'm yeah. kicking myself. I never asked Mark Crowley what it said. Yeah. In reading your review, Michael, you seem to take for granted that the Allen character did have a gay affair with his college friend, Justin. I felt 
both in the original and in this one, that it's totally ambiguous and we never really know whether he is a closet case or whether he's just a guy having marital problems with his wife. Well, if you look at the signs, he's having problems with his wife. He, who's the first person he calls is his old gay friend. He goes to a party full of gays. He can't take Emery, who's the most flamboyant character, openly gay, in other words. Sorry for and my so dog. He assaults, he assaults Emery. Uh, who's he attracted to, Tuck Watkins' character, because he's the most, quote, straight-acting, I hate that expression, but the, the butchest uh, of the characters, so they're drawn to each other. And he even says, oh, Harold is, uh, not Harold, um, Tuck Watkins is, uh, oh, there's so many fucking characters. <laughs> <laughs> he says that Tuck Watkins is really Hank. handsome. Hank. Hank is very handsome. And, uh, it's pretty clear that Michael is not lying about uh, Alan's past. I didn't think Michael was lying. I think there's some question as to whether the unseen Justin is lying. Um, it's interesting. Right, that's possible. You and I, and have you know what? I always said that I always thought the play was a singing condemnation of the closet. And Mark Crowley said to me, you know, well, no, you know, he he accepted that point of view, but he said that's not the way he intended it. Hmm. It's definitely very interesting. I mean, I would say to any listeners who haven't seen the original, definitely start there. The the um, uh, is it Richard Friedkin, William Friedkin, William Friedkin, who also directed The Exorcist and, and Cruising and Cruising. And in some ways, this uh, The Boys in the Band, the original, is shot like a horror movie. There's some very scary close-ups, particularly of Leonard Frey. But um, but that's a, a really important film to watch. And it's a movie that when I first saw it, I saw it at just as I was coming out of the closet in the early 90s. And I absolutely hated it. And over time, I really grew to love and appreciate it. It, 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 uh, it changes. The older you get as a gay man, the more you see yourself in it, I think. Yeah, and this version tries to open it up a little bit because it's a movie. So you, when they're talking about their past loves, you get little flashback footage. And you see a quick glimpse of the straight couple next door. And yeah, that was nice. Just little, little things. At first it was jarring to me, but then I got used to it, and I realized, well, you have to try to open up a movie. For the most part, it is very claustrophobic, like the original. Ryan, have you seen the original? Yeah, I watched it with you. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you liked it, right? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I feel like um, the, the, this, this newer version doesn't quite hold up as the, the original, but... Um, the original just has this like rawness to it that yes. I think you can't really recreate. The dialogue is so smart. It's yeah. really some of the funniest dialogue. And the jokes land. And uh, yes. it was shocking. It was groundbreaking. My, and uh, I would say this was an 80, 80 out of 100, and the original is the gold standard. The, the original was 100. You also just wrote about a new Pedro Almodovar film, a short film called The Human Voice. Tell us about yes, this. Yes, it's based on a Jean Genet uh, work, and it's been done in the past by Ingrid Bergman and Anna Magnani and all these great actresses. Tilda Swinton does a great job. And I this is a 30-minute 30, oh, film, and uh, it's Pedro's first English-language film. And basically, Tilda is buying a hatchet and taking pills, so you don't know if she's going to kill herself, kill someone else, or both. And uh, most of it is her on the phone with a, a male lover who has left her after four years, and she's kind of having a meltdown and manipulating him and getting revenge and all this stuff. And the ending is a real fun little shocker. So really a beautiful 30 minutes worth of cinema, cinema magic, I would say. Is it a one-woman film? Is it just 30 minutes of Tilda? Uh, at the beginning in the hardware store, there's a couple of people, but other than that, it's, it's all Tilda, and oh. you don't even hear the voice of the, the person she's talking to. Now, you saw this as part of the New York Film Festival? Yes, digitally. Which just ended. So do you have any idea how people can watch this now that uh, the festival's over? Uh, you would go on the website. Uh, I don't think this is available right now. It, everything had a, a window of uh, viewability uh, during the festival. I don't think you can see it now. You'd have to wait for it to be released. All right, everyone write down the human voice in your phone reminders, and when it becomes available, Michael Musto says, watch it. Anything Tilda Swinton is just gold. Yeah, she's pretty mm -hmm. great. Michael, any hot gossip items for us? Well, I just started a monthly column with Queer Tea called Read Now, Cry Later. Yes. So I'm happy to have a new venue, and I'm doing freelance here and there, but it's not easy, as you all know. Uh, the gossip, as we just mentioned, is all the, 
the political stuff, especially how uh, karmically enough all these Republicans are coming down with COVID. Yes. Kellyanne Conway, I love that she was busted once again by her daughter, Claudia Conway. Oh, she's amazing. Claudia is just... <laughs> Claudia reported on TikTok that Mama was coughing all over the house, coughing up a storm, and had lied to Claudia and said her COVID test came back negative. She lied to her own daughter and jeopardized her daughter's life. The Conways need need their own reality show. They really do. They could be the new Kardashians. Because meanwhile, while that's going on, George Conway keeps tweeting cunty things about Trump having COVID, and his own wife has COVID from Trump. Well, unfortunately, uh, Kellyanne only has a light cough, according to her. <laughs> well, Trump, Trump has beyond a light cough. He had he had respiratory problems. That's why he's in the hospital right now. Yeah, and, and the White House said, "Well, he'll be working from the hospital." So I guess this will be the first weekend where he's ever worked. Oh, <laughs> Michael Musto with the COVID shade coming at you. All right, Michael. On that note, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show. Ask me no questions. <laughs> Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. We're going to fire a lot of questions at you, Michael. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Have you ever had sex with any of your celebrity subjects? No. The closest was one of the kids in the hall got real flirty with me. He was really um, on a lot of drugs. <laughs> was it Scott Thompson? No. Interesting. It was the cute one with the glasses. Interesting. I thought Scott was the only gay one. Well... You know, sexuality <laughs> is very fluid. Yeah, especially after a but few they, they drinks. they had sort of a fruit fly, I would say, this girl who was kind of in love with all of them, and she made sure nothing happened. Interesting. But that was it? No one else ever just, like, whipped it out? No, no. I try to be professional, and they're also not interested in me. So, never so Michael... that works out. <laughs> Mike, Michael Ailig never copped a feel? Oh, yeah, he definitely was doing, you know, trying for stuff. But he was doing it more for shock. Like, he wasn't really sexually interested in me. <laughs> he just wanted the coverage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Michael, what's, what's a major blind item that you've dropped in the past that you can now give us the answer to? Well, this one's pretty easy, but in 1992, we're talking 28 years ago, I had this item. Which former Olympic hero now apparently has breasts? Oh, my God. Wow. In 92. This was 28 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it was Martina never to love it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there was another one I had that which was which Gonzo journalist allegedly made a pass at Andrew Sullivan at an event, and I even contacted Andrew Sullivan for comment, and he refused to comment. What does that say? Wait, who and was that? It was, it was Matt Drudge. But Matt Drudge, you know, denies being gay, so whatever. Just take it with a grain. Wow. So Matt Drudge is gay, and Caitlyn Jenner is a woman. Those were t- two of your blind items from the past. <laughs> I love blind items, but I also hate them because it drives me crazy that I don't know the answer or that I don't well, know Well, I would occasionally give a freebie. Like I, I said, like, which Oscar winner, uh, a friend of mine approached her at, at an event and said, you were robbed at the Oscars. She's not an Oscar winner, nominee. You were robbed at the Oscars. And she swiveled her head and said, was I speaking to you? And oh. then I said, free answer, Lauren Bacall. She was not uh, the warmest tool in the shed. Was I speaking to you? That's exactly it. Uh, Michael, is it true what they say about Italian men? Yes, we're really stupid. (laughs) But I I do have a very nice provolone. I'm telling you, every Italian-American I've ever been with has a perfect penis. Without exception. And I love uh, positive stereotypes, because the one time I slept with a black guy, he had like a two-incher. I was like, what happened to the positive stereotype? Some, Some stereotypes disappoint you. But, uh, but yeah, Italian, I'm not a size queen anyway. I'm a top. Italian guys have good dicks. Um, should Madonna be directing her own biopic? Should she even be alive? Uh, oh no, kidding, God. kidding. I love... <laughs> Shade. You know what? Every time I say Madonna shouldn't do this or that, she proves me wrong. So just... Do, she should do whatever she wants. I don't know. I would like someone else to do an alternate version, though, that's like the true story. That's what I'm saying. I feel like not only do I, do I want the true story, but I want it to be directed well. What in Madonna's, uh, you know, wheelhouse suggests that she's good at directing a movie? I missed her one directorial uh, effort. It was supposed to be terrible. That swept away one, right? Mm. No, no, no. That was uh, Guy Ritchie. Was that Guy? Right? Mm. Uh, it was the one about uh, the royals or something. It was supposed to be terrible. Uh, you had some story about her last time. I think I asked, 
who was the bitchiest or who was the you now I can't remember you gave, well uh, yeah I had a band and we shared uh, a bill at a nightclub it's when she wasn't really that well known yet so we were equally billed and um she wouldn't uh, let us sound check because she sound checked the mic from every angle like so obsessively that by the time she, she was finished they had to open the, the doors of the club so we just stood there waiting to sound check and then afterwards uh, we went on first and then our friends were greeting us in the dressing room and her manager tried to tell us we couldn't have friends in because Madonna was getting ready and I just lost it and said look we didn't even get to sound check and now you're telling us we can't use the shared dressing room you know fuck off and she backed down but I, I'm on every VH1 you know, show saying I knew she would never make it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why Madonna did make it. I think, uh, I've said this before on the show, I think you have to be an absolute lunatic from the very beginning if you're ever going to reach that level of superstardom. You have to have, like, like Donald Trump, I think you have to have such an, uh, an unreasonable, later. Yeah, inflated that, sense of your own self. Exactly, just tunnel vision. There's no one else in sight unless they can help you. My band couldn't help her. We were just, you know, on the bill with her. We, we were nothing to her. Why didn't I know you were in a band? Well, because you didn't know me then, but it was, uh, it was in the early 80s, and uh, we would do Motown cover songs. What was the band? It was called The Must, M-U-S-T, and then it became Michael Musto and The Must, like Diana Ross and the Supreme. Yes, you were the breakout. Did you sing? Yeah, I was the lead singer. I had no idea. Now I'm going to be uh, YouTubing this. We debuted in 1980, and halfway through, the crowd started running out the door, and I was like, oh, God, are we that bad? It turned out John Lennon had been shot at the Dakota nearby, oh. and uh, people were going to hold a vigil. It was a horrifying evening. Yikes. Uh, uh, <laughs> not to bring down the mood. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, speaking of bringing down the mood, describe Donald Trump in one word. Morbidly obese. That's two words, but we will accept it. Oh, is it? Oh. I'm going to give you an F, Mary kill. This is a Boys in the Band edition. You have to fuck one of these actors, marry another, and kill the third. Okay. Your choices are Matt Bomer, Andrew Rannells, and Robin De Jesus. Oh. I don't, I'm, you know what? I, I love them all. There's, I'm not killing any of them. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to recuse myself from playing this. You can, you can uh, delete from social media instead of killing. It's a less violent alternative. I would fuck Andrew and um, marry Matt. And delete Robin. Uh, I would adopt Robin. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, <laughs> correct, the correct answer is marry Robin, fuck Andrew, and kill Matt just because he's boring. Oh, my God. Because he's too pretty. He's too pretty. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Matt would intimidate me, frankly. I don't think I, I could... I throw acid in his face. He's actually very sweet. I had, I've had... The, he really is. The pleasure really of meeting him once, yeah. Have you interviewed uh, all three of those, Michael? Yes, I have, and they've all been delightful. That's why I couldn't kill any of them. Anyone who gives me some copy exactly. has helped me pay the rent. I do love them all, and actually, I thought Robin De Jesus gave the best performance of anyone in that, uh, in that movie. I was most Yeah, and that was a, a very almost impossible role, just like uh, playing Harold was for Zach Kinto. But I think Robin reinvented it. He, did, he made it less of the screaming queen. And I thought it was very smart that they made Emery uh, a, a Puerto Rican. I, I think, you know, to have another person of color made the, the interaction between him and Bernard so much richer. It makes it more poignant when Bernard says we both got the, the, the tail end, end of the stick. stick. Yeah. However, some people have complained that uh, sort of Emery making racist remarks against Bernard doesn't work the way it worked with a white person because that was kind of showing the white uh, condescension. It's different, but I think it still works. What's another classic film you'd love to see remade? Um, Gili, because uh, here's my reason. Remaking good movies doesn't work. They're already mm. good. They're mm. already perfect. Remake a horrible movie and make it good. Remake Glitter. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Excellent point. Michael Musto, how can people follow you on the internet? On Twitter, I'm at Mikey Musto. I'm on Facebook, but I'm over the friend limit, but I also have a fan page. I'm on Instagram, but who cares? I hardly even look at that shit. Yes, I noticed that. You're, you're very inactive on your Instagram, but you are a delightful guest, as always. I thank you for spending part of your Saturday with us. And uh, un until the next time. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Bye, Bye, honey. Ryan and JB, please plug yourselves. I'm taking a social media break. So oh. You cannot follow me on the internet. Can they send you a letter? Yeah. 
At send Ryan Frosting. Send Ryan a letter, care of DNR Studios. JB, plug yourself. Uh, you can follow me at StockingAnarchy12, only on Instagram. Oh, by the way, it's Halloween time again, so if anyone wants Ooh. to send us pumpkin spice poppers, Please. we never got to try them last time. Come on, guys. And we would like to, so uh, send us yeah. your poppers. Thank you so much, everyone. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, first-time guest, comedian Bernadette Pauly. Subscribe Bernadette to Peters? No, Bernadette Pauly. Almost as good. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta, at Adam Sank, uh, Adam at AdamSank.com, rather. Uh, buy your mat... <laughs> Never mind. Vote <laughs> no matter who. Have a great week, bitches. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Vote. Wear a mask. Vote. <laughs>